the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Sir, hello, hello. Whoo, all is well? Hey, uh, <sighs> Tucker Carlson texted something. Oh, my God. Two years ago, he texted something that he probably wouldn't want his mother to see. Oh, my goodness gracious. Stop everything. Ignore Jeffrey Epstein meeting with the most powerful people in the world and probably alive someplace. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about Tucker Carlson's text messages. Uh, it is a total and complete joke. Tucker didn't do anything wrong, all right? You're allowed to have thoughts. You know what? Not everybody's perfect. All kinds of, uh, even in Barack Obama's brain, all kinds of, all kinds of nasty stuff occur. Actually, you can, uh, we'll talk about this. Barack Obama admitted in public that he has all kinds of bigoted uh, feelings and impulses. All right? I wish it weren't true. I wish, I wish that way, you know, we were all perfect. I wish we, you know, but... Uh, people are human and, um, a, a text message, you know, that's a, that's like, there's such a violation of somebody's privacy now. And now it's all fair game. Private citizen to private citizen engaging in constitutionally protected free speech. And it's on the front page of the New York Times. What is not on the front page of the New York Times though is, uh, ooh, Jeffrey Epstein. Now we, I guess we could be thankful to the Wall Street Journal for publishing part two of their really, uh, incredible series here about Jeffrey Epstein more coming out now we know Larry Summers Larry Summers now we we knew they hung around we knew they met now we're finding out just how often it was a lot a lot of meetings who was Larry Summers by the way probably the most important economist in the world uh, the man who makes the economy go he was treasury secretary under Barack Obama he was deputy treasury secretary under Bill Clinton uh, chairman of the Council of Economic Advisors, I think. Uh, wait a second. Was he, uh, was he Treasury Secretary under Bill Clinton as well? He had some major, major jobs. President of Harvard University. And after, after Jeffrey Epstein fools around with 14 year old girls, gets busted, you know, time to keep your distance from Jeffrey Epstein? Uh, no. No, it just led to more parties. More get-togethers, more confabs with billionaires. Uh, what the hell are they talking about? You think it's um, it's all about the environment and uh, astronomy and physics with these guys? I don't think so. I think a lot of the time they talk about, well, you could call it locker room talk and more. I think they talk about girls. Actually, I know in one of these uh, emails he's joking with uh, some doctor, some Nobel laureate, that he's checking into a hotel in California and the desk clerk asks Jeffrey Epstein if the young companion he's with is his daughter because she appears to be that young. And the Nobel laureates are laughing their asses off in email. Oh, that's so funny, Jeffrey. Jeffrey tells the story, and then they find it incredibly funny that he suspected of, uh, well, if you look at it that way, if it's not his daughter, then maybe it's child abuse. I mean, it's Jeffrey Epstein, oh, by the way. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that, 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 that's funny. That's cute. That's cute. He never repented. He never kind of said he was sorry. He never, no, he just went back to his old ways. We know that. We know that. All these people, they just wanted, well, I think they wanted money and they wanted girls, perhaps, right? They wanted girls. Did you see that video I showed on the show last night? Uh, that man getting beaten up by that crazy mob in Oakland, California. 
So somebody is doing donuts in the streets. Do we have the donut? Yeah, listen to the do- You ever see a donut? A guy do a donut, not the kind that you eat, but you take a car. I don't understand what the big deal is. It's it's annoying as hell. I saw it once in front of my house on 9th Avenue when I lived there. Some guy gets into a car and just does donuts, to, does, does circles. Here, listen to this. Cut 13, please. 13. <laughs> It's not even a cool car. It was like a Toyota Tercel that they're going around circles in, burning rubber. Now, everybody in the world has access to uh, the Internet, right? And you could watch right now, uh, I don't know, the Indy 500, the Daytona 500, the Le Mans, the Monte Carlo race, Formula One, uh, Formula Zero, I don't know, all that race car stuff. Great, great footage is available. And this guy is doing uh, angry donuts in an intersection, and it's considered fun. So this guy is annoying as hell, and this one individual says, "Stop that!" And oh boy, oh boy, do they they know well, they beat the living hell out of the guy. Cut fourteen. Yep. You can't see it, but they're beating him up. A whole big mob, kicking, punching. Stepping on his face. Guy's in agony. Everyone's cheering him on. Everybody grabs a cell phone. Nobody comes to help the guy. They grab their cell phones. Uh, And it goes on for a long time. This poor guy getting beaten up by about 100 people. Oakland, California. This happened on April 30th, by the way. When was that? That was Sunday. Cut 15, please. In the background, the guy's still doing donuts while this guy gets beat up. And there, I think you might even hear him moaning here a little bit. Sorry, but he's he's beaten to a state where he's totally out cold. Cut 16. Yep. Still hear the donut. Yeah, there you go. Nice words of encouragement. What did he say? One more time. Cut 16. You think, genius? What a what a what a kind man, huh? You got knocked up out. And then at the very end, there's a guy, and I think he's helping him. Silly me! I thought that this one person in the mob was helping him because he he bended down and he seemed to be tending to him, tending to his wounds. Well, you know what he was tending to? Tending to putting a Home Depot bucket, a bucket that says Home Depot on the side. Around his head. Can you can you hear anything when he does this? Cut 17. Yeah. You can't tell, but he's putting a Home Depot bucket around the guy's head. And then they just leave him there. And oh, by the way, to make matters even worse, they gave him a wedgie. They beat the hell out of him almost to death, and they grabbed his underwear and pulled it up over his pants. Remember the wedgie crew? You're just absolutely horrible. I mean, what the hell's going on here? Now, uh, you may not have seen this, right? It made the local news in uh, San Francisco and Oakland, California. But you know what it was about? Ninety percent of the report was about these, you know, this community annoyance of these, uh, these, these, uh, what do they call it? Drag racers, drag racers in their vehicles. They even, they even, there was even a physical altercation with a man who objected to their presence. And then they cut to the police chief. 
Uh, Chief Jones says that they're doing everything they can to make sure that these these reckless drivers stop what they're doing. Nothing about the guy dead in the street on the sidewalk. He's bleeding. He's dead. You know what his problem is, however? You know what I think his problem is? I'm sorry. You know, I just have to use my judgment. I have to use my savoir faire. I have to use my street sense and street smarts. And I have put it together. And there is a strong possibility that why this is not a bigger story, why this is not on the scale of George Floyd, is that the man is white and all of the assailants are black. Everybody beating this guy up, right? It's uh, it's dozens and dozens, actually about a 100 people of color, and that man appears to be white. Could that? I'm just going out on a crate. Am I going out on a crazy limb here? Could there have been a racial component to all of this? Now I gotta, I gotta tell you, in the tape, there is no direct evidence of that. I do not hear any racial epithets. I don't hear, I think I may have heard the N-word once, but anyway. Um, so we don't know. We, we don't know. However, I'm just trying to imagine a hundred white people beating up a black man to a point where the black man is unconscious and possibly dead. And I'm wondering if I would see that on the evening news with Lester Holt or David Muir. Do you think we would? You think President Biden would have a statement about that? And maybe try to blame MAGA Republicans in January 6th? You think that might happen? I think that would happen. I know it would, and so do you. It's too bad they can't treat Americans like people, right? We're people. Everybody's a, every Every life matters. Every life matters. Can you imagine? I mean, to this last night, we're not a free country anymore. This is not a free country. Law and order is gone. Our culture has been blown up. Uh, our customs totally disintegrated. And what's left is falsely labeled white supremacy, right? White supremacy. It is a trick and a scam for liberals to achieve even more power. And speaking of which, this dimwit governor actually did it. Kathy Hochul. I told you guys to send her to the beauty parlor for good. This moron, this flake, this pissant is telling us what kind of stove we have. You know, when I first saw the story, I thought it was from the, you know, contrived, oh, outrage, you know, strange but true. The strange but true column. You ever see those little items in the New York Post, you know? And some university in Edinburgh said something wild and, you know, you're supposed to get worked up about it. And But it was always far away. It was always meaningless and it was always kind of entertaining. But it didn't mean, mean anything, right? Kathy Hochul has just said that there were n- no gas stoves in new homes. 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 Universities can have gas stoves. stoves. Uh, big business can have gas stoves. But you can't. What in the hell? Go, this is, this is some nobody from Buffalo. What, what does she bring to the table? What skill? Let's see. Well, oh, I'm sorry. She was the county clerk of Erie County, New York. Hmm, county clerk. She's probably really good at filing stuff. I don't know. What does a county clerk do? The county clerk issuing marriage licenses and death certificates. And then what did she do? One term. One term in the House of Representatives. Look, she was somebody's wife, all right? A rich guy uh, had some dough, and his wife was bored, so she got into politics and ran for the House of Representatives in upstate New York. I could, quite frankly, I don't think I could name any representatives from what upstate New York. I Not one. Well, at least Stefanik, her. That's it. 
They've got 50 members of Congress up there. Who the hell knows who they are, right? She gets elected to one term. You know how hard it is to lose re-election, to, to spend two years in Congress? you got to either be, let's see, really bad, really corrupt. Um, you got to be going up against uh, Apollo or Zeus. I mean, it's, it's very hard to do. It, it, the re-election rate is like 99.9%. But Kathy managed a way to get uh, a one term. So she's sitting around on her ass, and she gets, what does she get? She gets a phone call from, this is Andrew Cuomo. I'd like to talk to you about being my lieutenant governor. But we're going to have to come to an understanding. I want you to do nothing. I want you to say nothing. And therefore, you will be nothing. You got it? No questions? Good. Get lost. I don't want to see you again for four years. (laughs) That was the arrangement. Andrew Cuomo picked her, as they almost always pick uh, lieutenant governors. They they find the safest non-entity they can. They they find a complete zero. You think this is about who could best manage New York in the case of my absence? No, it's not about that. They want a chump and somebody who would be satisfied <laughs> wearing wearing a jacket that says lieutenant governor. And uh, anyway. She got lucky. Now she's the governor. Now she's telling us what kind of appliances we can have in our house. Uh, what about the state assembly? Will they rise up? Have you ever seen anybody in the state assembly? Do you know who your state assemblyman is? That's a good one, right? Who is state assembly? Who the hell represents us? You know, it's part of it is our fault. And by the way, they rigged it this way. We already talked about it. Election day, primary days on the last day of school. Carl Hasty. Is that his name? The guy from the Bronx? the Democrat boss from the Bronx, has anybody, if he walked into the room right now, wherever you are, would you know Carl Hasty, Speaker of the House of the Assembly, right? Would you know this guy? No, nobody. They keep a low profile on purpose so they can get into all kinds of shenanigans, all right? And this is a money-making venture, I do believe. Uh, so this actually happened. Kathy Hochul. I don't know. I just don't know. What are we coming to? Have you memorized the Bill of Rights yet? Neither have I. We're going to do it together. All right? There's a way to do it. There's 10 Bill of Rights. There are 27 amendments to the Constitution. Be honest. How many can you name? You can name the Second Amendment. You can name the First Amendment. You can name the Fifth Amendment. I can. Can you name the Eighth Amendment? What about the Fourth? What about the Sixth? What about the Seventh? What about the Twenty-Second? What are these things? They're coming to take away our rights. And actually, they've already evaporated a lot of them unofficially. And we gotta know them, we gotta memorize them, we gotta have that constitution, uh, in our pocket. Um, because this is getting real. This is, I mean, it's been real for a long time, but I've, we're not going down without a fight, right? We're not going down without a fight. Peacefully, of course! Peacefully. Uh, but you gotta know your rights, know them. Uh, because they're trying to take them. we got to know them to prevent that. Okay, fair enough. I'll show you how you can memorize them when I come back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yeah, totally. Back to the beauty parlor, uh, Kathy Hochul. That's what she loves doing, looking at herself in the mirror and posing. She knows nothing about power, nothing. In, yeah, look at this. Uh, state passes gun ban and leans into, leans into, leans into renewable energy. 
New York Times has a very sympathetic summary. Let's see here. Uh, the bar will, uh, let's see, they will bar the use of fossil fuels for heating and cooking in new construction. You know, fossil fuels have been around for a, for a billion years. Uh, Kathy Hochul's been here for nine months. What the hell? Where does she get off? Right? Where do these idiots, who do they think they are? I mean, it's ludicrous. You gotta go up to Albany. Actually, don't go to Albany. Let me tell you what it's like, though. Um, they have this big building, totally oversized, hideous, by the way, in terms of its architecture and everything about it. But, uh, when you're there, I could see how some, you know, a uh, minor league guy from District 67 could think that they're a big shot because it's set up like the French Parliament, right? It's like, ooh, ooh, look at me. Look, we have to pass laws. We will pass laws. Uh, this is the first statewide ban in the nation. Will go into effect for seven for buildings under seven stories beginning in 2026. That's basically including all houses. Okay, there's not one house in America that's over seven feet in New York. Seven stories. Larger buildings will need to comply by 2029. It will not affect gas stoves in existing homes and includes exceptions for manufacturing, emergency generators, and hospitals. Well, what about you and me? What about you and me? I have, I was thinking about building my dream home. Never lived in a place without gas, without a gas stove. I remember going to my friend's house and looking at the thing and it takes like a million years to cool down. It goes orange. And then you turn it off and it's still hot. With the gas, it turns right off. You know you're safe. Gas. It's, by the way, clean. It's, uh, by the way, Kathy, you don't own it. Stay the hell out of it. Now, is this dumb thing passed yet? Let me see here. Is this passed? This is passed. This is passed. This bloody thing is passed. You know what? I'm going to just have to install that gas stove anyway. What the hell are you going to do? Seriously, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? What can you do? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, um, I'm reminded of Barack Obama again as the, the nation overreacts and misreacts to Tucker Carlson and whatever he texted some friend of his or some colleague. It's amazing. It's on the front page of the New York Times. What tech Tucker texted somebody two years ago. Who the hell cares? All right. He didn't use the N-word. He, what, what, what's going on here? All right? And Obama himself says that, you know what? Not everything we think and not everything we say is necessarily perfect, okay? We're going to, we're going to insist on political correctness, uh, not only in public but behind the scenes as well, wherever you are, whatever you think. You know this damn big tech stuff. Not only are they recording, obviously, you write something, it exists forever. Everything you say, there's a microphone, they can listen to that. I mean, do you know there's a professor in, I'm sorry, a university president in Philadelphia right now. They just tried to fire him because he liked what they thought was the wrong tweet. He liked something. He actually just pressed the little heart button. 
for some message about COVID. And they were going to fire him. And then guess what? The guy lawyered up and they negotiated, okay, he'll only be reprimanded. An official reprimand because he (laughs) disagreed with somebody. Or he just chose to like something. You know what can also get you? Imagine this. You can lose your job for saying all lives matter. Wear that pin. Try wearing that pin on JetBlue. See what happens if you work at JetBlue. Great airline, oh, by the way. Uh, but I noticed certain pins are sanctioned and certain pins will get you uh, accused of a hate crime. Does that sound uh, remotely fair? Does that sound remotely American? Of course not. Don in Plainsboro, New Jersey. Hello. Hello, uh, Greg. I was just wanted to say um, I admire your dedication to the Bible. And I'm a Catholic, but I don't read the Bible, so I'm traditional Catholic. Uh, it's a little joke. And uh, I just like to talk about the moral decay of this country. And, uh, you know, you have a board of te- uh, uh, satanic temples. The head chaplain of Harvard is an atheist. My my nephew went to UPenn Law School, and uh, he, there are witchcraft clubs. You can go up and down the list. Uh, you know, it's it's ridiculous, and good is bad, and bad is good. Uh, and you know, God won't be blessing this country anymore if it goes any further. I really think we don't have God on our side. Uh, we have to get back to His way of living, and. Uh, I guess that's it. Well, look, don't get uh, don't get too down. All right. I mean, you can look on the internet and get yourself worked up. I do too. Don, you live in Plainsboro, New Jersey, right? I'm sure you're surrounded by great people, great neighbors, and a decent community, right? Yes. All right, Don. Well, you see, your daily life is great. I, I I'm with you. All this stuff that you're talking about is happening, and it can seem like it's uh, taking over, and it does threaten to do that. But we're not there yet. You and I are speaking. We're still, we still got the Constitution. And oh, by the way, we're going to memorize that Constitution. I'm going to get to that later. We're going to memorize it because we're going to have to defend it. Everybody takes an oath. You know, the, uh, people in the army, the military, police officers everywhere, even certain civilian jobs, you take an oath to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. But if you ask people <laughs> what's in that Constitution, sometimes they have only a vague idea. And I think with our rights under assault, we have to know that Constitution backwards and forwards. And, Don, if I may recommend, uh, you know, reading the Bible is amazing. And I know what you mean about Catholics and not reading the Bible. You know who played a great joke on me once? His Eminence Cardinal Dolan. <laughs> okay? His eminent, and you know what it was? He gave he gave uh, my family a Bible. I think it was on the birth of uh, our daughter, Annalise. And I saw him, and we thanked him, and we sent him a note, and... And I, I saw him a few months later. I think I bumped into him at Fresco by Scotto, of all places. And he said, um, hey, did you get the check I left you? <laughs> like, uh, I left the check in the Bible. <laughs> I said, I said, thank you very much. For, oh, that's what I said. I said, thank you very much for the Bible again. He said, yeah. Hey, did you get the check I left you inside? I was like, uh, <laughs> i.e. the joke is, did you open the Bible or not? Anyway, there was no check in there. He was only kidding. So, uh, all right, Don, did I cheer you up a little bit? Uh, no. Oh, brother. Goodness gracious. You live in the, you live in the bread basket. Come on. What's going on? Uh, well, I tried, Don. Good luck to you. Okay. I, I mean, come on now. Now you, now you got me down. Oh, What's I'm the sorry. matter with you? Come on. 
All right, okay. you're just gonna you're gonna write you're just gonna sit there. Woe is me. The country's going to hell. God gave up on us. Don, that's not the spirit. All right, somebody do a wellness check on Don. I'm worried about you, pal. Come on, hang in there. It's not going to be all that bad. Uh, Bob in Trumbull, Connecticut. Bob, hello. Greg, three things real quick. Oh, brother. First, you asked what the Eighth Amendment was. Excessive bail. Hey, Bob, are you the guy with the wife who came to New York on that crazy adventure? Yeah. All right, all right. Bob, i got to put you on hold for a second. I will be right back. Uh Sorry, that three things. I got three things to share with you. I just can't. All right, Bob, I got to warm up for you, okay? Give me a little bit of time. And actually, with that, uh, there was something else. Ooh, the trial, the E. Jean Carroll wacko uh, trial continues. Somebody else who was hanging out with uh, Jeffrey Epstein was the man who invented your LinkedIn profile. Hey, can somebody explain to me LinkedIn? It seems to me like you're looking for a job all the time. If I'm a boss and I see you're on LinkedIn, I'm thinking, you probably want to work somewhere else. That seems what LinkedIn is all about. Networking, looking for new work. I don't understand why this is such a big deal. Somehow it made Reed Hoffman, Jeffrey Epstein's good buddy, a billion dollars, actually several billion dollars. And he went to that crazy sex island, right? He went down there on the Lolita Express. He did all this stuff. And he found time to fund the lawsuit of total goofball E. Jean Carroll. E. Jean Carroll, you know her, right? The one who's, uh, do we have the moment where she says, ra- she says that Donald Trump raped her in the, uh, dressing room of Bergdorf Goodman. And that's very strange because, um, well, she ripped it off from a Law and Order episode. Listen to this. Cut 32, please, from Law and Order. Did anyone want to role play a rape with you in a public place? Yes, there was one, a bit plain, and it was not her fantasy, it was mine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, ah, role play took place in uh, the dressing room of Bergdorf's. Uh, while she was trying on lingerie, I would burst in. Hold on. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. The dressing room of Bergdorf's. This is on television, national television. What's her name? E. Jean Carroll actually said, I watched that show. Hey, I saw E. Jean Carroll a couple of years ago on the news, and quite frankly, uh, I'm sorry, sorry to say this, but she looked like one of those people who bathes maybe twice a week, not every day, right? And um, and her brain seemed, uh, well, who the hell thinks this? Cut 31, please. The word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not, this was not sexual. It just, it, it hurt. It just, what, it just, you know. Well, I think most people think of rape as a, I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not. I think sexual. most people think of rape as being sexy. Mm-hmm. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. All right. So it's fascinating <laughs> to talk to. You got a country full of 300 million people. There are not, you got a, you got how many whack jobs are definitely going to come forward and say whatever you want them to say. You know, the left, they see Donald Trump as a meteorite coming to blow up earth. That's how they, they view him as, what do they love to say? An existential threat to our country. So they will come forward and they will do anything and they will say anything. And there are so many Trump haters out there and so many liars that they will give him a platform. Is this the crazy lady who said that uh, she was, uh, assaulted? In the middle of an airplane, not a private jet, you know, People Express Airlines in 1979 by Donald Trump. It's ludicrous. Cut 34. 
somehow or another, the armrest in, in the seat disappeared. And it was a real shock when all of a sudden his hands were all over me. He started encroaching on my space. And I hesitate to use this expression, but I'm going to. And that is, he was like an octopus. It was like he had six arms. He was all over the place. <laughs> Just All right. Now, um, I don't believe her as well. I don't believe her. And when this broke, and it broke actually a couple of years ago, now she's in, 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 in the lawsuit, in the trial, telling her truth, telling her truth about what happened in 1979. Well, some Internet sleuths went back to 1979, and guess what they found? Uh, they actually found the seats on the plane that she was talking about, the first-class seats. And you know what doesn't happen? The armrest doesn't go up and down. It's permanently fixed there. All right? It just the story falls apart. By the way, I heard yesterday that some witnesses are actually being paid for their time, $650 per hour? That's a lot of cash. And what is this? Now we're, there's this thing. If you call your girlfriend and humble brag to her about something, that's somehow considered evidence. You know, in the olden days, like 20 minutes ago, for it to be considered evidence, it would have to be sworn testimony, right? You'd have to, you'd have to do more than, you know, if you're the victim of a crime, you call police, right? You call an ambulance, right? No, now you just call your girlfriend and you chat about it. Hey, what about all this stuff about protecting women and girls, right? Uh, right, protecting women and girls. So these uh, strong women, this E. Jean Carroll, this uh, what's the other one? Uh, Jessica Leeds, uh, Lisa Bernbach. They just kind of sat back and said, "Well, there goes a rapist. I won't do anything because uh, I'd rather just gossip about it with my friends." Sex in the City style. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever, does it? Of course not. Uh, what else is going on? All right, I'll get to the January 6th stuff later. And I will also, hey, oh, I already did the two tau thing. Two tau is in jail. Hey, do me a favor. Morty, what's up? Morty is there. Hello. Yeah. How you doing, Greg? I just wanted to say the, uh, the, um, Cuomo impression was hilarious and you should do that more often. Um, you had me laughing while I was sitting in traffic. Um, I just wanted to say thank you, Morty, very much. Morty is calling from New Jersey. Across the river, we say, hey, Morty, are you the 23-year-old who's, like, precocious and, and uh, with a big future? Uh, 25, but I, I, precocious, I like the word. Yeah. And you, uh, uh, you're, the you. One, you're the one who uh, actually smokes marijuana frequently with his friends. No, no, no. <laughs> That's what you said. You said that. No, you and you confirmed it. You confirmed it. You got all giggly and and crazy. Why do you smoke that stuff? <laughs> okay, Craig. Thank you. I what? never got to thank you for your service either, Morty. You Morty, I want you to drop those drugs immediately. Thank you very much, Morty. I'm serious. You know, I see these guys. I saw a man walking with his little girl, four years old, and what was he doing? He was smoking one of those dubers. Um, he was smoking a great big uh, duber. Is that what they call it now? I mean, it's just uh, doobie. It's a doobie. It's insane. It's insane. Hey, Morty, thanks a lot. Hope all is well. Everything else good with you? Yes, sir. All right. Keep Hope it up. Well with you too. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, you also have to understand. Oh, Joe Biden has a new commercial. You want to hear it? It's really bad. 
And anybody who tells me that January 6th wasn't a false flag operation, well, just look at how they're exploiting it to the hill. Cut 22, please. Cut 22. When he came to office, the pandemic was raging, the economy was reeling, and American democracy was under attack. Then Joe Biden went to work. He brought stability to the country, got the economy moving again, defended our democracy. Defended our democracy from MAGA. You know what half of that commercial is so far? Images from January 6th. That's why they let him inside. That's why they let him inside. You know why? Because they wanted to stop this, the very constitutional Totally legal objections to the counting of the votes. Cut 20, please. Cut 20. I, Paul Gosar from Arizona. What purpose does the gentleman from Arizona rise? I rise for myself and 60 of my colleagues to object to the uh, counting of the electoral ballots from Arizona. Uh, Is the objection in writing and signed by a senator? Yes, it is. And a half hour later, they shot Ashley Babbitt. A half hour later, Ashley Babbitt is shot. Because they could not have those objections go forward. We were getting too warm. And actually, it wasn't about overturning the election. It was, you know what, let's, if the votes are, if they were cast fraudulently, I'm talking about the electoral votes, Let's say that some nut job went into the Harrisburg, the state capital of Pennsylvania, with a gun and said, I want all of you people to vote for Trump or else I'll start shooting. So vote for Trump right now. And let's say they all voted for Trump. All right. And let's say he held those people hostage for like uh, uh, two weeks. All right. Nobody nobody saw him. Nobody heard from him. Right. And then it gets to the Electoral College. Those votes are already submitted. Do you think? Vice President Pence's only option is to count the votes, no questions asked? Of course not. He's supposed to ask. He has to ask. And even this was confirmed by broken-down, Trump-hating, bitter man, Judge Ludig. Judge Ludig. You know, usually these things go to the Supreme Court or sitting justices. This was some broken-down, MAGA-hating guy they brought out. He was retired. And somehow he was the final say in all this stuff. And even he had to admit, under the 12th Amendment, where the vice president counts the votes and all that stuff, it wasn't cut and dried. The option to turn these votes back over to the state capitol may have existed. Cut 21. Judge Ludig, at the risk of oversimplifying for the non-lawyers who are watching, is it fair to say that the 12th Amendment basically says two things happen. The vice president opens the the certificates and the electoral votes are counted. Is it that straightforward? This is a real pause right here. He's just sitting there. Takes him a long time to answer. I would not want that to be my testimony before the Congress of the United States. The language of the 12th Amendment is that simple. Yep. All right. It's not that simple. And you see how the big pregnant pause, because he knows, he knows. This is all a joke. This is all a scam. Anti-Trump. This man's going to save the country all over again. Don, wherever you are, Plainsboro, New Jersey, turn that frown upside down. Things are cutting our way. I can feel it. I hope you can. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
Hmm. Um, this is really uh, interesting, this Obama stuff from a couple of years ago. It's going to make people's heads spin. Uh, I got more on that tonight. Actually, I'll get to it in a little bit. Also, how to figure out how to memorize, memorize the Bill of Rights, you know? Hey, folks, some of you are retired out there, right? And uh, that's great, good for you. Uh, but you never should stop learning, right? And uh, everybody, there's always something to learn. Okay, so here it is, the top of the New York Times right now, okay? Carlson's text that alarm Fox leaders. It's not how white men fight. The discovery of the text message contributed to a chain of events that ultimately led to Tucker Carlson's firing. This is the number one story in the New York Times. Wow, it must be a really big deal. Pfft. A text message sent by Tucker Carlson that set off a panic at the highest levels of Fox on the eve of its billion-dollar defamation trial showed its most popular host sharing his private inflammatory views about violence and race. The discovery of the message contributed to a chain of events that ultimately led to Carlson's firing. And get over yourselves. You know what this game? Republican members of Congress, Democrat members of Congress, who insist on the big lie about January 6th, right? They're, they're lying about January 6th. This was a total and complete false flag operation, leaving the doors open, shooting that unarmed woman. They didn't want Tucker Carlson to put out the truth about January 6th, and this is punishment, I do believe. But let's see here. In the message sent to one of his producers in the hours after violent Trump supporters stormed the Capitol on January 6th, Mr. Carlson described how he had recently watched a video of a group of men, Trump supporters, he said, violently attacking the Antifa kid. It was three against one at least, he wrote. And let's see here. And then he expressed a sense of dismay that the attackers, like him, were white. Hmm. Jumping a guy like that is odd. You know what we're doing here, by the way? It's a private text message. It's in the New York Times. Tucker Carlson's a private citizen. He is not a United States senator. He's not a cabinet secretary. He's not a vice president. He's not a governor. He's not a state senator. He's a guy with a talk show on Channel 44. And the New York Times is so, <laughs> you can't, can you kind of say what the hell you want in America still? Can't you? Can't you? Jumping a guy like that is dishonorable, obviously. It's not how white men fight. But he said he found himself for a moment wanting the group to kill the person he had described as the Antifa kid. Okay, bloodlust. I've heard of that before. Has he ever gone to a mixed martial arts thing? But then guess what? His humanity kicks in. His humanity kicks in, and he. this is a kind of a cathartic moment for him. Is this why he was fired? Because he said white men don't fight like that? Oh, no, 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 no. You don't understand, Tucker. You've got to be disparaging white men at every turn. Is that? Yes, just disparage them. Like culture does all the time. All right, more on this when I come back. And the big reveal as well. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, there's a, is this thing done yet? An active shooter situation in Atlanta. All the cables got it right now. Let's see. Police, one dead, at least four injured in Atlanta shooting. Suspect at large. One dead, four injured. Probably had like 50 of those in New York today. I'm sorry, but I mean, there's one dead, four injured, and there's a guy on the loose. Um, I don't know. I've heard worse. And it's all terrible, oh, by the way. Country is falling apart. A, um, a breakdown of civil society. It's gone. It's gone. Law and order, civil society. Our, uh, everything's blown up to smithereens. 
And just to give you another idea about how topsy-turvy and weird everything is, um, the Tucker Carlson text message story is the number one story at the New York Times right now. I gotta get a hard copy. I want to see where they put it, where they actually put it in the newspaper on the front page, where it went. Carlson's text message that alarmed Fox News. All right. So here it is. This is, this is what did him in. This is what they're saying did him in. This was it. And it's from two years ago, January 7th, 2021. The whole damn thing. You know what they call it? Exhibit 276. The entire text message. Who texts like this, by the way? This is more like an email. Goes on, goes on and on and on. But you ready? A couple of weeks ago, I was watching video of people fighting on the street in Washington. A group of Trump guys surrounded an Antifa kid and started pounding the living S out of him. It was three against one at least. Jumping a guy like that is dishonorable, obviously. It's not how white men fight. Yet suddenly, I found myself rooting for the mob against the man, hoping they'd hit him harder, kill him. I really wanted them to hurt the kid. I could taste it. Then somewhere deep in my brain, an alarm went off. This isn't good for me. I'm becoming something I don't want to be. The Antifa creep is a human being. Much as I despise what he says and does, much as I'm sure I'd hate him personally if I knew him, I shouldn't gloat over his suffering. I should be bothered by it. I should remember that somewhere somebody probably loves this kid and would be crushed if he was killed. If I don't care about those things, if I reduce people to their politics, how am I better than he is? Well, in a way, that's a really kind of a, I mean, it's a bit of a roller coaster of a text message, but the sentiment in the end there is kind of powerful and beautiful, right? A little bit empathizing. Hey, where's Mr. Empathy, Joe Biden? Is this what everyone's losing their minds over? Okay, what do they isolate? They isolate. This is not how white men fight. You know, it's funny. You can make a movie about how white men can't jump, right? You can, you can say anything derogatory about White men, if you say one thing that's, uh, I guess arguably somewhat favorable, what, what, I don't know how white men fight or don't fight, I, but, but what? Let's see here. For years, Mr. Carlson espoused views. Okay. Bah, 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 bah. All right. So he argued something that they're saying is uh, racist. Okay. They're saying this is racist. And I'll point out again, he did not say this on his show. It was in a text message between two people, two adults, constitutionally protected free speech. And he's also emotionally all over the place, and he's admitting as such. as He's saying that. Is he the only one who's ever had a dark thought? The only one in the world? Even President Obama apparently has a dark thought or two, and he believes that each and every American probably does as well. Here he is. This is uh, 2016. Obama shows up, gives the most pompous address ever, at a memorial for five cops who just were blown away. You know what he did while he was at this cop memorial? He eulogized the guy who killed them. Yeah, he did, actually. Totally pompous maniac, this guy, Obama. Really, really unbelievable. And these long pauses and, like, you know, he's like, look at me, I can give a speech. He's so self-absorbed. It's sickening. What did we ever see in this guy, huh? What did anybody ever see in this guy? But here we go. Here we go. I wonder, I wonder if Barack Obama ever thought something that wasn't suitable for, uh, you know, saying from the Oval Office, perhaps, right? Let's go. Whether you are black or white or Hispanic or Asian or Native American or of Middle Eastern descent, we have all seen this bigotry in our own lives at some point. We've heard it at times in our own homes. 
If we're honest, perhaps we've heard prejudice in our own heads and felt it in our own hearts. We know that. And while some suffer far more under racism's burden. Stop for a second. Did you hear all that stuff? In the House, and I guess in the Barack Obama household, in the Barack Obama brain, and in the Barack Obama heart, there's all kinds of bigotry. Am I am I reading into things too much? I got to hear it one more time, if you don't mind. In our own hearts. Nope, nope. Take it from the top, 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 top. Twenty-two fifty-five. One more time. Hispanic or Asian or Native American or of Middle Eastern descent, we have all seen this bigotry in our own lives at some point. We've heard it at times in our own homes. If we're honest, perhaps we've heard prejudice in our own heads and felt it in our own hearts. We know that. All right, so I think uh, Tucker Carlson's off the hook, quite frankly, if you look at it that way. And, oh, by the way, this is not why they got rid of Tucker Carlson. Oh, I can't believe this. This text message from January of 2021. We had no idea he felt this way. Uh, Lighten up, Francis. All right, this is why he got fired. All right, this right here is why he got fired. Not some text message. Nothing like that. Here we go. Hit it. Schumer. I condemn Mr. Carlson presiding with the enemies of democracy. I strongly condemn Speaker McCarthy's actions and fiercely oppose his decision to share this footage with Carlson. I urge Fox News to order Carlson to cease propagating the big lie on his network and to level with their viewers about the truth, the truth behind the efforts to mislead the public. Conduct like theirs is just asking for another January 6th. In that same tirade, he said what Tucker Carlson did was unforgivable. The majority leader of the United States Senate complaining about what some guy was showing on television on Channel 44. What the hell have we come to? And it wasn't just him. It was Republicans. It was Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. I am deeply offended by airing of footage from January 6th. that completely distorts the actual message of what happened on that day. Um how so? How so? What's the problem with seeing more information, not less? Oh, we're off message from your precious January 6th committee. Is that it? The January 6th committee. Liz Cheney. Hey, fortunately, we don't have to deal with her anymore, right? Liz Cheney. Oh, boy. Annoying. What an annoying person. Now she wants to run for president. Now she does have name recognition, but that's part of the problem with her, right? Name recognition. Cheney. <laughs> the same people who brought you the Iraq War, the same people who brought you George W. Bush and Jeb, now want to bring you Liz Cheney. You know what? There are some things still that money can't buy. And that's a good thing. Hey, one other thing, you know, with the January 6th stuff, because Tucker is in trouble because of what he did last month. Actually, it was in March. And thank God I'm in a position where I can quite frankly, report the truth and not worry about political and social and cultural repercussions because it's the truth. And I'm not supposed to worry about those things, so I don't. But Tucker Carlson played footage from January 6th, and it was, well, 
you could argue about its significance. You could say, oh, that doesn't tell the whole story. But what you can't do is say that it's fake. And what it showed was the Horns guy being escorted around the Capitol by Capitol Police. I didn't do that. I didn't make it up. It's there. It's part of the record. Hey, I'm so proud of this, by the way. That footage, that groundbreaking material, the biggest story Fox News had in 20 years, uh, was ignored by his channel, was ignored by uh, by Fox News. Isn't that amazing? How could they ignore that story? Um well, I didn't. Media Matters. Media Matters chronicled and documented and cataloged the whole thing. Greg Kelly and his fra- flagship show, Greg Kelly Reports at Newsmax, did a total of 37 minutes on Tucker Carlson's newly uncovered footage. That is seven times more than all of Fox News combined. Combined. And Media Matters reported that like that was somehow a bad thing. I love it. And here's another little tidbit. Christopher Ray, the FBI director, and Vivek Ramatswamy is right. That damn place needs to be totally uh, uh, abolished. It has to be replaced. They can't survive anymore. They can't. They can't do business. They've lost all credibility. FBI, excuse me, Friends of Biden Incorporated, forever bothering the innocents, uh, forever blowing it. I mean, take your pick. There's a lot of fun you can have with FBI. They're going to have to rebrand it and start anew and not have these bureaucrats stick around for decades. Vivek Ramatswamy, a really good guy and a really interesting idea. Because do we want a uh, national police force that instead of calling the Capitol on January 6th saying, hey, lock the doors, there are a bunch of people coming, they didn't make that phone call. Instead, they had FBI agents inside the Capitol Waiting for the protesters to arrive? That's a question raised by Clay Higgins, a Republican of Louisiana, in this amazing exchange with the FBI director, Christopher Ray. cut 23. Did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol on January the 6th prior to the doors being opened? Again, I had to be very careful. It should be I- a no. Can you not tell the American people No. We did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol. Gentlemen's time has expired. You should not read anything into my decision uh, not to share information. Director Ray, gentlemen's time has expired. Uh, it never occurred to me until that question was asked. And now I know based on, uh, well, Christopher Ray and his lack of integrity, his nervousness in the moment, and his refusal to answer what is a totally answerable question. It would not jeopardize any prosecution, actually. Well, actually, in a weird way, it would, but that's not his business. There were people dressed as Trump supporters working for the FBI, waiting for the protesters to arrive? I mean, that sounds really fantastical and crazy, right? Well, just say it if it's fantastical and crazy. He can't, because they did it. Because they did it. How about that one, huh? Um, Ooh. Bad, 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 bad. All right. What else we got going on here? Uh, the Eugene Carroll thing. We already talked about that. Uh, Joe Biden. Oh, did you see what Joe, Joe Biden used that horrible, uh, what does he like to do? What does he like to call people of color? Boy, anybody he disagrees with. And if they happen to be a person of color, he says, sit down, boy. He said that uh, yesterday to a person of color in the White House. Uh, he said it to Governor Wes Moore. 
not too long ago. What is wrong with this guy? Well, the problem with him is um, he stopped growing at the age of 29. All right. And let's face it. 1972, America was a very different place. You know, I saw the odd couple the other day, uh, Oscar Madison and Felix. I think it was the episode where they are going to invest in a glue company with the dentist. Remember that? And it doesn't work. The glue doesn't work because as soon as it, I forgot it either when it gets wet, it doesn't work or when it, when it gets wet, it does work. It has to be wet, whatever. It, they totally blow it. It doesn't work anymore. So, uh, at the end of it, they have this, uh, for whatever reason, there's a, there's a black guy holding a broom and he's very angry at Oscar. And Oscar is very demeaning. Jack Klugman is calling him brother and this and that in a very sarcastic way. And it was on national television in 1970. I mean, it was a different culture. It was a different place. And by the way, I don't think that's right. I don't think, uh, I'm glad that we've made some changes. I am. It wasn't fair. It wasn't respectful. Everybody deserves respect, no matter what the hell you look like. Um. So what's the deal with that again? What is the deal with that? Um, the odd couple. Uh, oh, did you get this now? The boy thing? Yeah, this is. Okay, so <laughs> Joe Biden came of age in 1970. That's when he became a big shot, a U.S. senator. And he calls somebody boy. Oh, it's good. It's good. You don't have it yet? All right. We'll do it right when I come back. Oh, and I got to show you how to memorize the Bill of Rights. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, we'll get to that Joe Biden uh, boy racial slur thing in a moment, but this is... uh, uh, this is bigger. Let's see here. This is bigger. Listen to this. Uh, Grassley Comer demand FBI record alleging criminal scheme involving then Vice President Biden. Wow. Senate Budget Committee ranking member and longtime whistleblower advocate Chuck Grassley, Republican of Iowa, and House Committee on Oversight and Accountability Chairman James Comer of Kentucky today are demanding the FBI produce an unclassified record alleging a criminal scheme involving then-Vice President Joe Biden and a foreign national. The document, an FBI-generated FD-1023 form, allegedly details an arrangement involving an exchange of money for policy decisions. Comer issued a subpoena today following legally protected disclosures to Grassley's office. This is from um, the House Oversight Committee.gov. This is official. We believe the FBI possesses an unclassified internal document that includes very serious and detailed allegations implicating the current president of the United States. We, What we don't know is what, if anything, the FBI has done to verify these claims or investigate further. The FBI's recent history of botching politically charged investigations demands close congressional oversight, Grassley said. Yeah, I don't call it the Friends of Biden Incorporated for nothing, the FBI, <laughs> Friends of Biden Incorporated. Uh, that's a problem. They've got it, and they probably, well, let's see, what else? Uh, the information provided by a whistleblower raises concerns that then-Vice President Biden allegedly engaged in a bribery scheme with a foreign national. The American people need to know if President Biden sold out the United States of America to make money for himself. Senator Grassley and I will seek the truth to ensure accountability for the American people, Comer said. 
Grassley has long raised concerns about political bias infecting high-level investigative decisions at the FBI, including investigations related to the Biden's family foreign business arrangements and bank records. While FBI Director Christopher Wray pledged to prevent any retaliation targeting whistleblowers, the FBI and Justice Department have thus far refused to voluntarily provide responsive records or answers to congressional inquiries related to its handling of these politically sensitive investigations. Well, why not? You know, the FBI, nobody elected you guys, okay? You work for us, the people. And Grassley, elected by the people of Iowa, and Comer, elected by wherever the hell he's from, want the answers. Kentucky, by the way, just kidding. This is amazing, man. This is amazing. And, (laughs) all right, so you got this, right? This, and let's go to the New York Times website right now. Let's see, what's the number one story? Uh, uh, number one is the Atlanta thing. Oop, they pushed it down a little bit. Let's see. We got Atlanta shooting. We got a global warming story. We've got a math is racist story. Met Gala and Tucker. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, you want to hear? Uh, you want to hear racist Joe Biden again? I mean. This is uh this is bad stuff at the White House last night. This is the the president of the United States. Supposed to be somewhat refined, right? Sophisticated, right? Savvy. Uh this is what he said to a Muslim judicial nominee, a judge, a judge. I think he was nominated for something on the federal level. Uh go ahead with that, please. Hey judge, how are you? I don't know why you wanted the job, man. I appoint all those federal judges, but you know, Thank you for serving. I'm not kidding. You want to come and make a speech? Hush up, boy. Hey, Judge, how are you? Hush up, boy. Hush up, boy. 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 It's a person of color, oh, by the way. He's Muslim, this guy. Boy. Uh, you know, in Delaware, in many senses, is a southern state. And the South has really cleaned up his act. But remember, Joe came of age in a in a different era, in a very different era. And then he sees this promising young governor of Maryland, who's a big phonio, by the way, but whatever. Democrats like him. Newly elected, newly installed governor, Wes Moore. Wes Moore. All right. And Wes Moore. What about him? Uh, the whole thing about Wes Moore is his resume. Oh, he went to this school. He went to that school. He's a Rhodes Scholar. He had this job. He had that job. White House fellow, he's basically been a glorified intern for a good chunk of his professional life. But anyway, he got himself elected governor of Maryland. That's kind of a big deal. And Joe Biden meets him. And what did he say about him? And you got a hell of a new governor in Westmore, I tell you. He's the real deal. And the boy looked like he can still play. <laughs> he got some guns on him. And you- the boy... Look like he can still play. I think that's demeaning and borderline racist boy. Now, Westmore happens to be black. Hey, Jamal, welcome back. You're from the Bronx. Good to talk to you again. Before you yes. ask me a question, how are you? Uh, how are you, by the way? Good afternoon. First, I want to thank your screener because they go to a lot of crazy calls. I've been not hearing you. My family just called me today and said he's going astray. 
He's talking his stuff that doesn't make any sense to them even. They're your supporters. <laughs> All right, hold on a second, so, Jamal. Hey, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. First things first. And I love your family, by the way, and I think you're spinning in a way that uh, they might disagree with you. I know they love the show, and I know they love the TV show. Please give them my best. Um, what do you think about what Joe Biden just said? Can I hear that again, please? The boy comment, the boy at the White House last night, the boy. He happens to be this guy, this judge he's talking to. He's Muslim. Go ahead, please. Judge, how are you? I don't know why you wanted the job, man. I appoint all those federal judges, but, you know, thank you for serving. I'm not kidding. You want to come and make a speech? Hush up, boy. Hush up, boy. You know, uh, that doesn't sound very respectful. And given that I know that the man's Muslim, I think it's kind of racist. Where the hell does he get off calling anybody a boy? Hey, Jamal, what do you think? Seriously, Siri, I know you and I have disagreed politically for a long time now, but you got to be embarrassed by this guy. This is a disgrace, and it can't go on. Do you agree, Jamal? Come on. No, I don't. No, I He's don't. making a point. <laughs> what, who cares Boy. what he says? Hey, listen. Who cares? Li- right, who cares? But By the way, you got pretty excited there. Overly defensive, I might say. Now, Jamal, you're a smart guy, and we go way back. Now, this is an issue. That's what is called a gaffe. He said something out loud he shouldn't have said. And your your response is, who cares? That's it? Oh, my God. Listen, I, I call Hold on a second. I want to hear. And now, now here he goes. Now he goes on the black, to... the black governor, Westmore. And then we'll get to your family's concerns. The black. What did he say to the black governor, Westmore? He's the real deal. And the boy looked like he still play. <laughs> he got some guns on him. The boy. He sounds like a uh, I don't know. Thinks he's admiring the physicality of a black man, and I'm told in the South that that could have uh, certain connotations that are quite negative. Anyway, Jamal, you're okay with that, I guess. We'll leave that aside. Uh, what's on your mind? The reason I called you up, you 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 are always good about the stuff that you're saying, and I have respect for you for that much. But you're talking about electoral college. Yes, electoral college. You don't put them in the room. If you win certain state, you, you don't get put all what in. You, like wait, you, you, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. No, wait. You put what in the room? You said you put him in the room. What do you mean in the room? Who said it? You just said it. Wait. In, I was listening because my cousin. I know, but what room? I mean, that's why we, we say a lot of things on this show. All right, now, what room are you talking about? Okay, your point was the electoral college could have been objected. It can be. Yes. Our constitution clearly says certain states. If you win even with 1%, the entire electoral college will be given to you, like Pennsylvania, like Wisconsin. But certain idiot, which supporter of former president, they listen to the garbage on the Tucker Carlson show. No, 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 no. You're all all wrong about this one. Again, so um, under the Electoral Count Act of 1887, there is a way to object. Yes, we understand and the state legislatures, or the Constitution, if you win the state, you get all the elector, you, you get all the electors, you get all the electoral votes from a state. Whether you win by uh, 5 million votes or 523 or whatever Bush won Florida by. I understand that. I'm not contesting that, oh, by the way. So I don't understand what the hell you're, uh, why you're yelling and screaming about Tucker Carlson and something I said. I uh, That is a true statement, what you just said there. That is true. 
Right. What you said, my good friend, I have to call you my good friend because my family said you like him. I do like you, by the way. <laughs> I do like you. I don't know why, but I've been telling my brain I should not like you, but I like you. Uh, all right. You're buttering oh me God. up now. I'm I like you, too. I forgot right. to ask you. What? I want to compliment you. I, let me not just say one word, and I let you, I, because your screen said don't go over 30 seconds. I want to compliment you. You're a great father. Other day I was listening to your show and you were complimenting about your two kids. I want to give you my admiration. You are a great father and I hope you'll be around for 100 years. Out of my heart, coming to you. All right. Because well, you, I like you, you as a person. You're so kind. Thank you very much. And uh, listen, you got time. You got you know, 30 seconds. Don't worry about it. So uh, thank you very much. Get back to uh, the electoral mentioning- stuff. Yeah, you mentioning you, your point was when my cousin called me. I said you mentioning your point was people can put the people in the a room electoral college and change the electoral college. You can't change electoral college if you. No, 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 no. That wasn't my point. That was not my point. My point was this. Okay, so you're the vice president, and under the Twelfth Amendment, the vice president counts the vote. Right? He counts all the electoral votes. They are submitted. They're transmitted from the state capitals. Uh, to the Congress, and on January 6th, they count the votes. And it says in the Constitution that the um, the Vice President actually uh, opens them and counts them. Okay? But it's the Constitution. And as you know, constitutional scholars, actually reasonable people, can disagree about what that actually means. So judge so the Constitution says the, the Vice President counts the votes. But it's not quite that simple because... Well, listen to Judge Ludig, all right? Listen carefully to what he says, all right? You just said, do you agree the vice president counts the votes, right? Yes. Okay, listen to Judge Ludig. And remember, this is a MAGA-hating maniac, uh, but but he has the credentials. He's retired, so he really doesn't have the credentials, but they loved promoting what this guy said when he said MAGA is a danger to democracy and all this crap. Uh, but listen to this. In the middle of it all, he said something that was overlooked except by me. Cut 21, please. Judge Ludig, at the risk of oversimplifying for the non-lawyers who are watching, is it fair to say that the 12th Amendment basically says two things happen? The vice president opens the, sh- the certificates and the electoral votes are counted. Is it that straightforward? <laughs> He's thinking about it. I would not want that to be my testimony before the Congress of the United States. The language of the 12th Amendment is that simple. All right. I I, I feel like this is getting boring now, listening to that guy, obviously. But look, Jamal, my point was this. All right. Number one, it's more complex than you think right off the bat that the vice president has greater discretion, we believe, and he could have sent those votes back to Harrisburg or state capitals, say, you guys straighten this out because there are too many concerns. And my hypothetical, and I think this is where your cousin misunderstood me, I I brought up a hypothetical. Imagine that the state electors met, let's take our state, Albany. Let's say they met in Albany, right? And uh, they're counting, uh, but then some madman breaks in and says, don't vote for Biden, you got to vote for Trump. And I'm holding you hostage until you vote for Trump. They say, yes, sir, yes, sir. And they all vote for Trump, and those votes are submitted, and the vice president gets them, right? And then the vice president finds out, wait a second, you mean somebody held a gun to their head and made these guys vote? Well, I don't have to count these. No, we're going to send them back to the state capitol. We're going to call the police. We're going to get to the bottom of this. 
That's what we believe, that the vice president had greater discretion. And when there were all kinds of laws broken and the Constitution of Pennsylvania broken, we think that the vice president could have sent these things back to Harrisburg for them to get it straightened out. So, Jamal, I hope that makes sense to you. And um, and uh, I'll leave it at that. Hey, by the way, what do you do? What do you do when you're not calling the radio station? I don't know if we've ever well, covered that. Uh, what? Okay, that's a very good question. You asked me what I do. I, 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 I Let me tell you what I do. I really trying to put a show together, go against all of you guys, Tucker Carlson, everybody else, and I'm going to come after all of you because you guys don't make any sense. I, I got to right tell now. you, man, I am terrified. Boy, like, oh, boy, you're like, going to steal no, my like, livelihood. Like, no. You're going to take all my livelihood. My children, you just said I was a good dad. You want to take away my, my they Those girls need me. They need me to be employed. You're going to try to take that away from me, Jamal? Afton, have a great afternoon. All right. Enjoy just yourself. Uh, Thank you. Uh, all right, bye, bye. Oh, hey, there, Jamal's giving me the brush. <laughs> That's all right. He's at a, He's been calling for about two years. We do disagree. It's in a good-natured way. He's very passionate. Uh, he's smart, but he's he's wrong most of the time. All right. So where does that leave us? Should we do one more? I saw Rudy with Vivek Ramatswamy. That guy is one amazing dude. He really is. All right. Let's do. Uh, Let's do one more. Joan in Old Bridge, New Jersey. Yes. Hi, Joan. Joan. Hey, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hi. I'm a listener uh, when I'm available um, every day. And then I watched your show last night and I was I can't get that vision out of my my face. How can somebody be so vile that they could do that to a human being? They can't be humans, those Oh, you're talking about that beatdown of the guy in uh, in Oakland, California. It was crazy. It was so bad. It was so terrible. Uh, where's that one where the guy yells at him? Uh, is it? Uh, try cut fifteen, please. Cut fifteen. They're beating him. Where's the one where he says they beat the f out you? Cut sixteen. They're beating them and beating them and beating them. You got knocked the f*** out. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, thanks a lot, pal. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, it was bad stuff, right, Joan? I mean, I couldn't believe it. That should be a mega viral video. You got a 100 people beating up one guy. And, oh, by the way, there may just might have been a racial component to all of it. We're not sure yet, but we're investigating. Yeah, it was, it was just I woke up this morning and the vision was still there and it made me want to throw up. It was awful. Oh yikes! All right. Well, listen. Uh, I hope you, I hope I didn't turn you turn turn tune you out from the show, uh, the Newsmax show, which oh by the way is doing great. Newsmax at ten o'clock. I encourage all of you and do me a favor. Actually, spread the word because guess what? I'm getting very close to beating CNN. And if we beat CNN, we start changing the world. Now CNN is you know CNN is on in about a half billion homes. Okay. It's everywhere. It's at the airport. It's at the grocery store. It's at the department store. It's in this room. It's everywhere. Everywhere. Newsmax, not 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 quite so much. Not as much. And if we start beating them, we're going to shock the world all over again. I appreciate it, Joan. You hanging in there? I didn't want to really ruin your night and your morning with that crazy video. No, you did not. You did not. I listened to you for some common sense. Okay, you're so kind, and thank you so much. Yeah, that video could give you nightmares. It could give you uh, bad dreams, bad dreams. I used to have bad dreams all the time. Lately, 
Not so much. They're very, very pleasant for the most part. For the most part, um, yeah, if you can get enough sleep, and I highly recommend this, uh, if you get all the dumb TV out of your life, uh, except my show, um, you will have a lot more time, and there's a beautiful thing, waking up not to an alarm clock. If you can kind of rig your life, work it out where you don't work up, wake up to an alarm clock, you'll feel a million percent better. I do. I've been doing this for a couple of years now. People tell me I look younger. I look better. I get it all the time. And the big secret is sleep. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. A very, very big deal. Uh, Joe Biden, there's an FBI document potentially that is investigating or has evidence that he engaged in a criminal bribery scheme when he was vice president. Grassley, Senator, and uh, Congressman Comer have found this. Uh, they, a whistleblower informed them of this, and that document allegedly exists, and it's in the FBI. They have it, and they want to see it. Um a bribery scheme involving the vice president when he was vice president. Does that sound like Joe Biden or what? <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's our Joe. That's what I think. Um, it kind of blows up tonight's show a little bit. I got to get to the bottom of that, and we'll see what's happening. All right. In the meantime, thank you for holding for so long. All right, we got to do this quick though. Pete and Piscataway, yes. Hello, hello. I saw that video on your show yesterday, and I thought it was sickening and disturbing and it reminds me of a video i saw about 15 years ago on the evening news they showed a restaurant worker who was hispanic sitting on a park bench early in the evening in summit new jersey and a black guy came up to him and he was talking to him and then you saw another black guy come from behind and cover his face with a shirt and then the news showed the first black guy winding up and then he they stopped the video. Right. So they probably went on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Well, no, 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 no. You've got to wait a minute, Pete. All right. I want you to calm down. I mean, I know you're emphasizing the race of everybody involved. And uh, what's your ultimate point? I know it's a brutal video. Yeah, go. Well, yeah. To add insult to injury, the guy goes to the hospital. He dies. And a nurse stole $600 in cash off him. He had 600. Those kids, those they were young people who did beat him, just did it for the heck of it and to put it on the Internet. Um, and, and that's it's what a pretty sick that. world. It's a pretty sick world. It's a pretty sick world. Very sick out there. Very dangerous. I don't need to point out that this sometimes involves white people as well, as you know, as you know. Uh, but uh, just terrible. Yeah, I know. I know. Too much. Pete, thank you. Uh, let's just check in with Jason very quick. Hi. Hey, Greg. How are you, man? I um I sent your three books out today to the address your call screener gave me last month. Oh, really? And I put the yes, sir, for you to autograph for me. And I uh, I put the self addressed stamped envelope in the package as well. It will be there in two days. I have the tracking numbers, but I forgot. I don't worry about it. I'll get them. And I, I thank you so much for buying them. My book, Justice for All: How the Left Is Wrong About Law Enforcement. Available wherever books are sold. I so appreciate it, Jason. And I'll be looking for that, and I'll get them back to you, and I may throw something else in there, a little surprise, okay? Oh, yes, sir. The thing is, I forgot to put the, the letter in. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Who, to autograph them, too. All right. You know well, what we'll, I mean? fig- we'll figure it out. All right? Your information's in there, right? 
Well, no, I forgot to put all that in there. That's the well, what the right hell? There. What kind of letter is this? You forgot to write the letter? I mean, all right, I'm going to put you on hold again and get all the information. Rich, would you get his information? All right. Uh, uh, let's see. All right, very quickly, Dan. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Um, yeah, real quick. Uh, I was calling about the uh, the moratorium on the fossil fuel thing, so... I'm a builder, and we, we've been dealing with this actually for many years. And what's the bottom line? The bottom line is it's going to fry the grid. Um, if everyone's using heat, uh, electric heat. In the That's winter, a great point. If everybody switched to electric, we don't have enough juice in the electric grid to keep everything going. Dan, sorry to do this to you, but i got to get to Barbara, our constitutional scholar and star of Newsmax. Great job last night, Barbara. How are you? Oh, thanks, Greg. That was such a thrill to be on Newsmax with you last night. Thank you so much for that. And I wanted to say to you and to all your listeners today, and in hearing what people are saying, I think this is so important for us to all know, tomorrow is our annual National Day of Prayer in this country. It was proclaimed to be the National Day of Prayer in 1952 by a joint session of Congress and President Truman. So every first Thursday, which is tomorrow, the country is intended to pray for our nation, to pray for our leaders in government, in education, in every role, and to pray for the people of America. I love it. And we can thank Ike Eisenhower for signing that into law. I learned that from you, of course, as I've learned so many things. Barbara Samuels, check her out. Uh, Americans for Religious Freedom. Did I get that right? for freedom of religion. Damn it, I always mess it up in one way or the other. Americans for freedom of religion. Yes, uh, yes, and it was President Truman who signed this oh. in uh, 1952. Yeah, I thought the Congress passed it and then he got around to signing it in, uh, later. Oh, well. Hey, thank you so much. I got to run. I'll see you tonight on Newsmax. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.